Welcome to the Ready, Set, Mindful podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Bishkay, and today we are diving into another solo episode. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about mindfulness and how you can tangibly incorporate some mindfulness activities into your daily routine. So in last week's episode, episode 18 with Adam Shively, we talked about how to optimize your routine and different habits that can help streamline your day and really set you up for success. So today I really want to dive in and talk about mindfulness and how simple it can be to add some mindful activities into your day. Because I think the concept of mindfulness is something that can seem really big and daunting and maybe overwhelming for some people. So I just want to dispel what mindfulness is not. You know, having a mindfulness routine doesn't mean that you have to set aside, you know, an hour from your day or sit down and empty your mind in order to be mindful. A mindfulness practice can look like something as simple as a walk or eating your food without watching TV, something where you're taking intentional time to slow down, disconnect from your device or devices, and really be in the moment, just doing one thing at a time. We've really, as a culture, gotten away from doing things one thing at a time, and we really pride ourselves as multitasking and doing so many things at at one time. And it's really been detrimental for our attention span, our relationships, our ability to connect with nature and to ourselves and to the world around us. And so having a mindful practice can look really, really simple and take as little as five minutes a day. Maybe you're doing some breath work in the morning. Maybe you're walking your dogs outside without your device. Maybe you're mindfully eating, having dinner in the kitchen, maybe not the living room, and not having any TV on and just having a conversation with the people around you, or just taking that time to be reflective and focus on what food you're eating and how that feels going in your system and really focusing on each bite and being really present in in those moments. That's what we've really gotten away from. And it's important to connect back to that, to this idea of slowing down and being mindful because that can really impact our interactions with the people around us, our stress levels, whether we're going to get hyped up about something or have our anxiety be really activated. We take some intentionality and really set some time in our day for being mindful, having a a little mindfulness practice, then we can really, really impact our stress levels and our activation to stressful situations and condition our nervous system to respond in a way that really allows us to connect with the higher version of ourselves. You know, I talk so much about our emotional brain and our rational brain. And so when you're activated and you're moving mindlessly throughout the day, doing 12 million things at one time, and you're just going and you know, I know, I know how that is to to live a day like that. And it goes by fast. You feel like you've kind of blacked out the day. You're like, where did this time go? I had no time to, to eat or slow down. And that's really 
breeding ground for our stress and anxiety levels to be through the roof. You know, for when stressful things happen, we feel like we don't have any control over them because we don't have enough time in the day. And so when we have days like that, it's our emotional brain is driving for for most of the day, right? We're in this state of fight or flight. We're, We're stressed. Our anxiety levels can be, you know, through the roof. We're more vulnerable to having emotional reactions when stressful things come up for us. And so that's all our emotional brain. And so when we have a mindfulness practice and we condition our our nervous system to slow down and we start to rewire our neural pathways to slow down and we have a little bit of separation between us and our thoughts, our thinking brain and our feeling brain, then that's when the really, really cool things start to happen and we're able to build this awareness and really create space between our thoughts and our emotional reactions to stressful situations. Having a mindfulness practice is important for athletes and high performers as well because your day is full of so many stressful situations from your training, maybe you're a student athlete and you're juggling lots of things throughout your day, maybe you're juggling family, work-life balance, sport-life balance, all all of these transitions. So there's a million opportunities throughout the day for you to get stressed and really test how activated you're going to allow your emotional brain to be. And so building in a mindfulness practice is critical and really allows you just to take some power back between you and your responses to your stressful situations that are happening throughout your life and throughout your day. I know when I started developing my mindfulness practice a few years ago, it was a really pivotal time in my life because I was definitely in this grind of making my to-do lists. I really thrive on making my lists and checking things off, but I was becoming a slave to my lists and, and really holding myself to such a high standard and accomplishing all of these things throughout the day, no matter how emotionally spent and how little bandwidth I had, I would make sure to get every single one of those things done on my list, even coming at the expense of not spending time with the people I love, saying no to so many things in my life, being physically, emotionally, like spiritually drained. I just, I knew at that point that there had to be a shift. I needed to find another way because it's not sustainable to run on empty all the time and be underslept, you know, not nourishing yourself in the best way, not having your relationship be the healthiest that you want it to be. So I knew that something had to change at that point. And that's when I started to incorporate meditation. And that was a real game changer for me. I noticed after just a couple months, my irritability was really decreased. It felt like I had more space between my thoughts and my reactions. And that was so cool for me to kind of see. And for my now husband, who is my boyfriend at the time, for him to notice as well, because the people around you in your life are going to be the ones that are going to tell you how you're doing. And so that was a really big game changer for me. He was like, wow, you really seem like you're, you know, you're less stressed and you're having a little bit more space between you and your responses. And that was really cool because I was making that a goal. And 
and really focusing on just slowing down and and making that a priority. So it was really cool to have that accountability and to have someone else say that they're noticing that shift. So if you have someone in your life and you're you're kind of wanting to make having a mindfulness practice a goal for you, having that layer of accountability is so cool. And if you're not wanting to have that accountability, I would just ask you to get curious about why that is. And that accountability piece can also come in the form of journaling uh, and keeping tabs on your progress and and how you're doing. I do that all the time. I I get tally of how my day went. Was I proud of my reactions that day? Like what could I afford to be better in? And then at the end of the week as well, what were some of my, my micro wins for the week? Where can I afford to slow down? And as athletes and high performers, we really thrive on that assessment piece and keeping tabs on where we are in our in our growth and in our mindset. And so I really encourage you if you're starting to begin a mindfulness practice, first of all, props like that's awesome. If you already have one, that's great, too. Just that next layer of accountability is really a game changer as well. So whether you have a coach or a therapist or your partner or a journal. I really encourage you to see how your mindfulness practice is is going for you. What mindful activity are you trying to incorporate? Like, how's that working for you? Are you giving yourself enough time? Are you noticing anything shift? And that's what's going to keep you moving forward in this process of building your mindfulness practice. So I wanted to give you an example of what my mindfulness routine looks like throughout the day, just so you can kind of tangibly see how I incorporate mindfulness into my day. This is so that you can see it in action. I know I'm someone that really thrives on examples and how mindfulness can be put into play throughout the day. So if you're someone who thrives on examples and having an example of mindfulness and how it's exercise throughout the day is helpful for you then listen up. So my routine, I typically start by waking up at five in the morning. I really love waking up super early and protecting that morning space as much as possible. So I won't check my screens devices for as long as possible. So it gives me a chance to kind of come out of that sleep state and transition into my morning without having my anxious brain be activated so early in the morning. So really protecting that space is important to me. And then after I wake up, I prepare my tea. Like during the week, I haven't been doing caffeine. So that's been a part of my routine only for only for weekends. So it is the weekend right now. So I'm during the week, I have my dandy blend dandelion root tea. And I mix that with my Laird's superfood creamer and my MCT brain octane oil from Bulletproof. And that really allows me to get my day started in an optimal way, ready to hit the gym. So that's during the week. And then on weekends, I'll have my Four Sigmatic coffee. And again, with the Laird superfood creamer and the MCT oil. And that really gets me into a good brain state and then my husband sometimes comes with me to the gym. Sometimes he'll go to base and work out at the gym there. But I always like getting my my morning workout 
I'll listen to a podcast while I am doing my workout. So lately, since I've had a herniated disc, which is unfortunate, but working toward recovery for sure. So I've been doing a lot more gentle exercises in the morning. So I've been really incorporating a lot of mindfulness in the morning into my movement and really focusing on how my body's feeling during certain stretches, how my back is feeling during certain stretches and movements and focusing on that mobility um, and that mindfulness there has been really helpful for me in my recovery process with my injury. So I've been doing a lot of stretches, walking. I just listened to this awesome Joe Rogan podcast with Ben Patrick, the knees over toes guy. So shout out to Ben Patrick. He is this amazing human who has a really cool story. I'll link the podcast in the show notes there. But his whole thing is rehabilitating your your knees. And he's all about walking backwards and doing backward movements and sled pulls and things like that. So after hearing that podcast, I've been really turned on to walking backwards and backwards sled pulls and things like that. So I've been incorporating walking backwards into my routine. And you have to be really mindful of that, right? Because you're doing an activity that is really uncomfortable and requires a lot of, of mindfulness, right? Like, where are my feet going? Like, how's my posture? Am I going to fall off the treadmill or am I going to get ran over by a car? Like, you have to, you have to be really mindful when doing those, those activities for sure. So anytime you're really doing any movement throughout the day, especially with your workouts and your exercises, your prehab, your mobility, that kind of stuff, you have that opportunity, you have that space to be really mindful, focus on how your body feels doing those motions that you're putting your body through. What feels good to you? Where do you have pain? What sensations are you feeling in your body? So that mindfulness can really just be all about asking yourself like a series of of questions. And it really can be as simple as that. And then just breathing through your movements as well, taking really deep intentional breaths, especially with stretching that, that can allow you to deepen your stretches. And it's a good opportunity for, do, for you to do your breath work during that time as well. So after the gym and mind, mindful movement, I... I have two pups and I like to walk them outside without devices. So this allows me to kind of hit two things at once where I'm in Spokane, Washington. It's pretty chilly out lately. So I'll walk without a sweatshirt, get a little bit of cold training in. I won't have my devices and I'm walking my dog. So I'm getting so many mindfulness benefits there. I'm able to focus on the cold air and how it feels on my skin, how it feels when I breathe it in, I'm able to focus on my dogs and how grateful I am for them. That's definitely a mindfulness activity. You know, a little bit of gratitude for nature and what I'm seeing around me. And then not having your devices. I I like podcasts just as much as anyone. I really love podcasts and I get in podcasts whenever I can. But my dog walks are really important to me without my device because I'm able to fully be present and hear what's going on around me. I'm lucky that my neighborhood is pretty peaceful and pretty quiet. So I'm able to really just soak in and appreciate being in the present moment and focusing on my body moving and how grateful I am to have the time to walk my dogs and have that space carved out in my schedule. So I make 
time to do that. And that's really important. And it's really valuable for for me. It's good for my dogs. And it's so critical for my mental health as well. Walking is such an amazing mindfulness activity. If you could walk outside, you're getting so many extra benefits as well. So it, whether it's cold or you live in a a warmer environment, no matter what, you're able to do some mindful movement, you know, have that in your day, get some melatonin, being outside in nature, have a little bit of gratitude, time to reflect without your device and think about how your body's feeling in those moments and what part of your body doesn't have pain, what feels good, the sensations that are coming up for you. So that's a really great opportunity to practice mindfulness, a walk outside. After my dog walk, we're still in that morning space and I, I come inside, make myself something to eat that's that's pretty nourishing. I'm not really that hungry until 11. My, my coffee or my tea holds me over until then. But in the morning or for brunch, I'll typically make myself some eggs and veggies, like a little scramble. And that's my, my go-to. And you know, that's another great opportunity for mindfulness is just setting, like I said before, eating, making sure that you're eating slow and taking notice of how the food is going in on your body, going in to your body, how it feels, adding a little extra layer of gratitude for the food that you have, right? Just really taking the time to slow down and do one thing at a time. That's a mindful practice. That's mindful eating. And my next mindfulness activity is doing my red light therapy. I have a peppy, I believe it's called a peppy, I'll link it in the show notes, red light uh, therapy mask. And red light therapy has so many amazing benefits for, you know, inflammation, your mitochondria, cellular repair, all that kind of stuff. And so I really love to put that mask on my face and do my meditation. So I'll do a 15 to 20 minute meditation during that time. And so that's a really special time for me to do my breath work, do my meditation, really connect and and ground for the day. And I find that having that practice really sets me up for having a productive day when I can actually, by slowing down for those 15, 20 minutes, create more productivity throughout my day than if I don't do that. I know it sounds counterproductive, but I swear you got to slow down to go fast sometimes, right? After I'm done with that, I'll look at my schedule and I will look for opportunities where I can build in my breath work. Okay. So I have clients, I have podcasts, I have guest consultations and discovery calls and all this kind of stuff. And which points of my day are going to be a little bit more busy? At which point in my day am I going to have a little bit more stress or potential for stress? And then I'll look at my calendar and I'll build in some breath work prior to those situations. So I'm building in some breath work. I'm putting it in my calendar. I will literally schedule in five-minute breath work, two-minute breath work to get ahead of those stressful situations so that I can consistently operate at a neutral space so I'm not running super emotionally activated from one thing to the next throughout the day. I take moments of mindfulness throughout the day to really come back to this neutral space because I know that I'm my best self when I'm operating out of that space. So big 
thing there is to build in and schedule in your mindfulness. So a few takeaways from this solo episode that I want you guys to move forward with is really this recognition that mindfulness can look so many different ways. I listed so many different activities where you have the opportunity to practice mindfulness. So I encourage you to pick one thing, maybe a walk, maybe mindful eating, maybe breath work, maybe meditation, yoga, getting outside, whatever it is for you. Pick one thing and choose to disconnect from your device for just a couple of minutes. You know, choose one thing that you can put into application and do today because mindfulness can be so accessible and it's it's important to remember that it can look look so differently for for so many people. So try not to get pigeonholed in this idea that it has to look a certain way. It can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. So just pick one activity that can work for you and just start small and build it in. We don't need to have this big daunting crazy expectation of having an hour mindfulness practice every single day. I started small and I built my mindfulness practice up to what it is today. And so I really encourage you just to start small, manage your expectations and start with something that you can commit to, right? And then just choose to commit to it. And each day you're building on that commitment. You're building on that foundation. You're, you're, giving yourself these little micro wins like, oh, cool, I meditated five minutes yesterday. Awesome. I'm going to try a seven today or I'm going to try seven next week and just building and, and conditioning your neural pathways to to get stronger. That's where the cool stuff happens. That's where the transformation really happens. And people around you will start to notice that you're slowing down and it's, and it's in a positive way. The third thing that I will say is you know, which I mentioned is just scheduling in the mindfulness in your calendar, setting an alarm for breath work. You know, that's the stuff that that will keep us accountable. And for me, I can definitely attest to if something's not in my calendar or I don't have an alarm set for it, like it's it doesn't happen. So I make sure to schedule everything out that I want to remember. And that comes to mindfulness as well, because it's such an important part of my life. I know that if I'm going to show up for my clients and the people I want to serve, I have to be the best version of myself. I can't show up with no bandwidth. That's just not cool. It's not who I am. That's not what I want to present to the world. And so if it's important to you, schedule it, set an alarm for it. Your brain will categorize it as important. So that's something that has definitely been helpful to me and I encourage you guys to to schedule in your mindfulness just as if it were an important meeting or a training or something that you did not want to miss right and then take notes of how your day how your week feels different with incorporating this mindfulness into your routine it's a great way to keep track of your progress and again adds just another layer of accountability so whether it's journaling taking notes of your progress or filling in a friend or your partner or someone important to you on what you're trying to do with your mindfulness practice, like that accountability piece is, is really important too. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And if you got something out of this episode and you're enjoying the podcast so far, make sure to rate and review and subscribe if you're not already. Make sure that you are following Ready, Set, Mindful on Instagram, Facebook, Ready, Set, Mindful. We're at readysetmindful.com. 
And lastly, if you are an athlete or high performer or know somebody who is and is transitioning from one stage of your athletic journey into the next, so maybe you're navigating through a injury or thinking about retiring or transitioning from your sport and you're wanting some free coaching around your transition, make sure to sign up for the Weekend Warrior Audit at readysetmindful.com. Click at the top, Weekend Warrior Audit, book a session, and you will get 30-minute free coaching. The session will be aired as a live podcast. So if you want to up-level your performance and want some free coaching around navigating whatever transition you're in with your athletic journey, make sure you sign up for a free weekend warrior audit at readysetmindful.com. Until next time.